heard that I was ugly. Came from a chick who never wanna touch. I said my face bomb, ass tight, racks stuck of shack height, jury. What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. We are back with the bi-weekly dose of the free PD. It is a new name. It's the same show. It's the same fellas and the same energy. I'd like to welcome you to episode 18, but episode one of the Engaged Podcast. You see it in the background on dot screen. It's the Engaged Podcast. We're excited for this launch, for this rebrand, but we're going to do the same thing we always do. It's still the realest ad movement. We got some free PD. You know, we pulling off the Bulls of the 90s and the Lakers of the 2000s get the three P because this show's about to be fire. We kicked it off with Dr. Beasley, Dr. Hemphill two weeks ago, and we got a dynamic guest today that you surely know by name, you know by energy, you know by reputation, and we're excited to have a moment. But before we do that, we just want to kind of lay some groundwork on engage, what it means, educators, networking, growing, guiding, enrichment. Uh, we are excited kind of what this means. For me, it's about, if I think about Nipsey Hussle, right? Everybody knows Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle never went mainstream. He wanted to make sure he put out a product that was not compromised. He made no concessions, that he made it for the people. And this is kind of what this is for us. This is us going out on our own, giving you product that's uncompromised and no concessions. So I'm excited about the show, uh, excited about the rebrand. So, Ball, man, it's been a good week for you. Got birthday celebration. The kids in the building. What's going on, brother? And how do you feel about the, the rebrand, the relaunch? I'm doing great. Yeah, it has been a big week for me. Uh, today was our first day with all three of our grades at, at the middle school level. We had sixth graders about three weeks ago, but we br brought back our seventh and eighth graders today in hybrid. And so it's a lot of energy on campus. It's been great to see, great to have them. Uh, it is also, it's my youngest son's birthday, uh, number five for my son, Nathaniel. So lots of energy and we're, and we're bringing a brand new show, if you will. Uh, it's it's a new name, but the same old thing. I think that, uh, not the same old thing, but the same uh, intensity. We're going to bring the same energy, but now we're going to be much more focused. Uh, we, we've seen an evolution in, in our product, and we've, we've talked a lot about what it's like to be Black male educators, but we're taking it to the next level, getting a little bit more into that instructional leadership piece. So uh, we're, we're going to grow in that direction, and we're excited for everyone to join us. Doc, man, what's up, man? I, I see the hoodie, man. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, we represent, we doing Black History 365 days. That's how we do it around here. So, uh, man, it's been a good week, man. Like I said, I just got back from a little quick trip I made. Um, we on spring break. I'm, I'm loving life. I got this mad energy for today. Um, so it's all good. And like you said earlier, you know, with the Engage, I, I just think of it as that whole concept, iron sharpens iron. You know, as we are doing this work, we want to make sure that we uplift while we uh while we're also climbing so that's what we we doing with the engaged podcast really looking to build up the next level of educators to do great things for all the black and brown kids across this country and like you said today you know we, we trying to hit this three peak this grand slam today so we came first with dr beasley in the affinity spaces in episode 16. dr hemfield came hard with the one minute meeting in episode 17. get your pad and your paper because i you know we about to come real hard and to introduce our guest like i could talk about the numerous awards he has, his work as a turnaround principal. I could talk about the stages he has graced as a keynote speaker, as a consultant, the nine books he's written, including the bestsellers, the, the AP's 50, the Aspiring Principles 50, also the much anticipated, the Equity and Social Justice Education 50 that is dropping this May. But I wanna start with a personal story about our guest before he comes on. It was spring 2019. I was at my Sigma Regional Conference in Omaha, Nebraska, and I ran into my frat brother, Jenobu Williams, who was the vice principal at Newark High Tech. And I was in the uh, interviewing phase of trying to find a job as a principal. I had, by this point, I had went through like four or five interviews, some first round, some second round, just wasn't landing a job. And Jenobu told me, he said, hey, you need to go watch this video by Principal Kefele. It's called Things to Consider for the Principal's Interview. So my drive back from Omaha to Kansas City, it was about a three hour drive. I listened to this uh, YouTube video, not once, but twice. And then two more times when I got back because I had two more interviews lined up. And it was two things, I'm not gonna get into the details of all of it. There was two things I took away from this video was you gotta know the school. You gotta know the data, the culture, the vision. What is this school trying to do? 
And the other thing was lead them with a story. At the end of that interview, you got to lead them with a story to be, be remember, you know, something to remember them by. I followed a lot of other advice from that video. The next two interviews I got was offered both positions. So basically, I, I'm not the person we got here today is not something that I just ran the book or I heard somebody tell a story about. I'm telling you how he changed, personally changed the traje trajectory of my career off of a video. And I've been following him ever since. So we bring to you the man, the myth, the legend, the man that's always on fire, the one and only Principal Cafe Lab. Welcome to the show, sir. <laughs> Great to be here. And I, I, I wasn't aware. Glad to hear that story. <laughs> <laughs> so we're super excited to, uh, to, to have you on here. Um, like I said, we have our audience that said we got some of your people that's joining us in today. But we want to just talk about the AP role and how important that concept is. And I, I went through some turmoil and things with my APs this year and a big shift in my leadership team. But just to start out, we want for you, because you do a lot of work with APs, to just define what is the role of an AP in your P? Yeah, you know, the, the extremely short definition is to assist the principal. And, and, and those lines can't get blurred. Right. You, you, you're the principals here and the AP is here and you're there to assist. That's the very short definition. But the thing about it is there's so much more to it. And that's why I made this decision to immerse myself into being this assistant principal professional developer, because there's so much more to like, like that assist the principal. It means something. And that's you know, that's where I come in as far as my work working with the assistant principal. Uh, so I know when we get, I'm gonna turn it to Bar because Bar just hired a new AP. Mm -hmm. So about you know Bar, talk about that that um, how you are bringing them on board because you they just started in February, you know, into the school year. Yeah. So one of the things that I've really been uh, intentional about is scheduling time during the week. And throughout the week, really, we started the very beginning of the week and we set uh, time to go over our goals, what we're going to accomplish this week. Um, she's she's doing a, basically a professional, her own professional development plan, setting her own goals. Um, I've I shared mine. And, you know, one of the things I want us to do is make sure that our goals as a school site and as you know individuals, uh, as educational leaders, uh, align with what the district's vision is as well. And so uh, that's what we've we've started doing with meeting. Uh, the beginning of the week and kind of talking through those and helping shape those and seeing what we can do action items throughout the week to make sure that we're addressing our goals. And so that that's one of the things that I'm really, I really want to learn today, Principal Kafele, is what can I continue to do to help grow her? Because this is her first year as an assistant principal. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've got the, the mentality that I'm training my replacement. So yeah. she's either going to take over for me or she's going to become our own building principal. And see what you said, that that's key. The mentality that you're training your own your, your own replacement because here's the thing everybody doesn't have that mentality some of us in this in these positions will keep that person at a distance keep that person at bay so i i need you to assist me toward my leadership toward leading this school but i'm not necessarily preparing you to take over this role right see when one is comfortable in their own skin and I'm comfortable within my, my own leadership, then one wants that assistant principal to become great, to become extraordinary, to become amazing. But therefore, what you said about sitting down with your AP on a daily basis to start the day, to end the day, to have that constant communication, that constant collaboration, that's how on the one hand that person grows. But on the other hand, that's how that person becomes a real asset to you and to your school, to the entire school community. So I look at the assistant principal as, as kind of this, this, dual, this dual role of one being trained for one day becoming a leader, but being a partner at the same time is, is, is crucial. And, and you know, it's what, a, what a beautiful thing when that professional relationship can evolve into a genuine friendship that now I know you've got my back. I know I can trust you. I know I don't have to preface everything I say to you with this is between us, you know, right? I, I don't have to say that anymore. Now it's just when I talk to you, you understand this is this is us because we have that kind of bond between us. It's critical. So um, th that bond is crucial. So I'm going to ask what are one or two things? Because like I said, Ball has this person who started in February. I've been working with two 
um, substitute assistant principals this year and got my two permanents starting in July. At the start of that relationship, what are one or two things that principals can do to help forge that relationship? And then what are two things, one or two things that APs can do to also, if they you know are coming on board or already there, I think more importantly, already there and the principal's coming in to a situation where they've already been the AP to kind of help forge that relationship. You know, it's, it's, it's actually going to start in that interview. See, when, when I'm when I'm interviewing you as a possible member of my team, as an assistant principal, I'm going to make that very clear. But simultaneously, I want to be able to gauge from the candidate that you understand that, that you understand your role, you understand how I want to utilize your talent. So 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 therefore, once I make that decision, I know what I got. Right. Because we were thorough with that. It's like, you know, oftentimes, including just recently on, on my Saturday, broadcast, I talked about the fact that I'm not looking for a portfolio. I don't need it. I've never looked at a portfolio in my life. Right. And I've been in I was I was an administrator for 14 years. What I want to do, I just want to hear what you got to say. Right. I want to have an honest conversation with you. And it's and it's going beyond interview. It's a conversation. And through that conversation, I'm going to gauge if you're somebody that I want to live with. Because that's what it is. You know, we're in that we're we're in these buildings longer than we're in our homes. So I'll gauge in that interview if you're somebody I want to live with, you know, over a long period of time, if this relationship lasts long. So that's you know, that's that's how I'm going to look at it. But then the, the assistant principal, on the other hand, it's 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 a give and take. It's a two way street. So you're you're learning the same thing. So now you get into this position. I'm looking for you. I'm looking for your creativity. I'm looking for your initiative. I'm not necessarily looking for you to take initiative and not inform me that you're doing it, but I'm looking to see that you're somebody that's this this thinking, somebody that's envisioning, somebody that's projecting what this school needs. Not so much just what I need, but what this school needs. And then you, and then you're going to take the initiative to bring it to me. And let's talk about it and see if this is something that we can execute. So it's a two-way street. So I want to I ask about What's that balance between instructional leadership and disciplinarian? Oh man! Right? Can you talk? Can you talk? Talk to us about that that balance right there. Yeah. On my Saturday Academy. I think I spent like five weeks. Five hours. <laughs> I got to try to give you the short answer, right? Um, I say it. I, you know, the bulk of my audiences are are school administrators at whatever level, and I say to them all the time. I understand the need to have an assistant principal that's handling discipline, especially particularly in, in places where discipline is in fact an issue. I get that. However, the reason I jumped into this thing and decided that I was going to focus so much energy on the assistant principal is because for me, that's an antiquated model where, where we have relegated somebody on an administrative team, somebody that's making either $100,000 or close to it a year. And we said, we want you to discipline the students. We want you to read the disciplinary referrals. We want you to make decisions on what the punishment, the consequence will be, detention, suspension, whatever the case will be. That, that, that is so antiquated and outdated. And it's, and it's inherently racist in a whole lot of places. So, so here I'm saying, when you did when we when we're when our energy is focused on discipline in a lot of cases what we're doing we're putting a band-aid on a on a bigger problem discipline is so micro it's what it is it's it's a micro issue and it's happening within a macro the macro is the climate and the culture of the building so you know frequently i'll, I'll take climate and culture and reduce them to these two these one word definitions i say the, the climate of the building is simply the mood of the building the mood of the classroom it's this thing that you feel when you walk in it's 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 like if it, those who are viewing us right now there's a mood in place right now and as they're viewing they can feel it right when you walk into any space there's there's a mood but the question becomes who's influencing the mood is 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 it a situation where the mood is just kind of what it is and it's organic or as leaders with our team we have shaped this mood into what we want it to be right so that when youngster walks into the building or even when staff walk into the building this mood we we've we've, we've nurtured this thing we've cultivated this thing we've created this thing and th therefore that's what it is so that when youngster walks into the building 
and in that school where the behavior is undesirable, we have created a mood coupled with a culture, which I define as the lifestyle of the building, how we're living. I got rid of all that fluff in terms of these, these long winded definitions and said, it's the way we're living, the lifestyle of the building. So now if the youngster walks into this building that exhibits that undesirable behavior, we have created a culture in a school that is inconsistent and incompatible with that behavior. So, so we're using the culture to shape behavior, not a check mark on a board or, or, or a list on a, on, a, on a wall that says rules and consequences. I say to folks all the time, rip those charts down, right? Imagine a youngster coming to school on the first day from summer break and the teachers at the secondary level, all, all five or six teachers spend a period so all day on going over the rules, this happens in schools, right? So we go over the rules and the consequences. What is the youngster supposed to think and under those circumstances that I can't wait to get back tomorrow for the same thing, right? I mean, what, what in that conversation is inspiring and empowering? So I'm saying instead, let's not talk about rules and consequences let's talk about norms and values and expectations so that we can begin to free up the assistant principal because to bring the question full circle if i evaluate teachers right if i supervise teachers and i'm and i'm a full-time disciplinary then at what point am i an instructional leader for those teachers when i'm spending the bulk of my day disciplining young people. I'm not an instructional leader because even if I slip into a classroom now and then, being an instructional leader, the pre-observation conference is, 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 is significantly important. The post-observation conference is significantly important. So just because I slipped into a classroom and can state to people, oh, I get in the classrooms every day. Okay, fine. You get in the classrooms, but is that rooted in a conversation? Is that rooted in a post conversation in terms of immediate feedback? Because if you get into a classroom, then I'm going to ask the question, what are you looking at? What are you looking for? If you're in there, there's a there's a literally a thousand different indicators plus in a classroom that the eyes can see. If you're going in there looking at them all, you are misusing valuable time. The pre-observation conference will dictate what I'm going in there to look at. So now I go into the classroom. I'm just going to look at those things we discussed and mutually agreed that these are areas for growth. So let's now go in there and look at that. But again, if I'm a disciplinarian, I can't grow a teacher. So guess who loses? And I'm going to shut up on this note. The youngster is the one that loses because I don't have a, I don't have a leader that's helping a teacher to become amazing in a classroom. Can I, can I add Are on to that, Dave? Yeah, go ahead, because I, I, I wanted to highlight something. Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> my bad. I'm, I'm going to hit my highlight a few, Dave. <laughs> right. I, I just wanted to kind of tie that into to our last episode mm -hmm. and how we can, how we can bring students uh, into that component of establishing that culture, that lifestyle with, within, the, within the school building. Yeah. See, let me say this to you. I don't see, see, I guess I was so non-traditional in what I, what, what I did as a leader. I'm, you know, I'm always outside of the box. I, you know, my cliche was always, if you see me in the box, snatch me out. I don't want to be in it. Right. So the bulk of the behaviors were coming from the young men. So I said, well, let, let me create something that focuses on the young men. So I created a young men's empowerment program. And, and so, so to go back October 16, 1995, I go to the Million Man March, the first one in DC. I'm on fire now. So I say, how, how, how can I sustain this, this energy? Let me go back to the school. I'm a fifth grade teacher. Let me go back to the school and engage the entire school, males, even the ones I didn't teach, in a Million Man March replication. So from there, I built the program. And it culminated probably when I got to the high school level where we, 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 we put them. I was wearing a shirt and tie to school every day. I said, I want my boys to look like they're the principal of the school. So I convinced mom, look, I, I want your son to look like he's the principal so that when people see him, they're not they're not sure who the principal is, me or them. So mom bought into it. 
So now I said, I need other voices, not just mine. They'll get tired of mine. So I went into Newark and started recruiting and just bringing in hundreds of men into the building. So we, we focus on Monday. We miss a portion of the school. We miss classes on Monday. We call it Power Monday. So on Monday, I got a grade level with me for four hours. I got guest speakers coming in who are not professional speakers, just men of all walks of life from the most highly successful all the way to OG that did a 10 year bid and everybody in between. I wanted them all in that building. So now we can talk to the young men, a very structured conversations based on a framework that I created and a curriculum. And now we can have these structured conversations to talk to, to, to these to my young men to help them to navigate the world being black and brown young men. What does that mean? And how do I overcome whatever those challenges and obstacles that may come my way? So now we're looking at young men transform between before our very eyes. Teachers are saying to me, like, what are y'all talking about in that cafeteria? Right. My women teach because the men were with me. But the women, teach, what, what is that you guys are discussing? Right. I said, did they tell you? They said they won't tell us. I said, that's because we told them to keep it in house. So they're being compliant. But we're talking to them about being men, but we're being raw with it. Right. It's like we pulled off the gloves and we said, let's talk to them as if that's our sons and we're able to pull it off. So that's that that's that 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 um, youngster piece. But while we're with, um, engaged in the young men's empowerment somewhere else in the building, the young women's empowerment program is taking place. Right. So we you know, we got both genders and we're taking care of business. It's a powerful program. So I, I was going to highlight the lifestyle. Uh, piece because I just thought that was powerful, but I, I, I'm gonna circle something you just said, and because we, we always talk about the hashtag of this show is free PD, and I think I want to make sure that the school leaders, particularly folks, you know, schoolies like me, black men, that we caught something. You said that you brought in men from all walks of life, but there's two things that I must point out that you said. The first thing you said is a structure conversation. So I ain't just bringing people in there to just start talking to my kids because they got an agenda they want to do. And then you said you created a framework. And, and I want to highlight that because when I was a principal, young, right, and I, and I had boys, I was like, I just need to get some men in here. And I thought like that. I said, you know what, let me just get some men and just talk to my boys. I didn't really tell them what to talk about. I just said, talk to them. And that's dangerous because yeah. then people start branching in their own things. And so your job as a leader, if I can offer something to the audience, your job as a school leader is when you bring people in, you have to set the tone for what you want them to talk about. Create the framework, as you said, make it structure and say, this is what we're talking about today. So we're talking about academic excellence, leadership and service. So whenever you talk about, I wanted to go into those frameworks, right? And yeah. I just thought that was powerful. So that was, again, some free PD for folks. Yeah. You bring yeah. people in, make sure it's structured and make sure you have some form of framework that you have people to talk about. Let me give you the short version of what the framework was. It's, it's five strands. And I pose them as self-reflective questions. Um, what does it look like to be a young man? Well, well, give, let me give it to you a second. What does it look like to be a young man in relationship to himself? So in other words, every youngster in the building, every youngster in your building is at point A when they walk in. Success will define as point B. And, and I gave success a definition. I said success is the ability to live one's own life on one's own terms. I said, that's that's how we're going to define success here. So, so and obviously we're talking about doing some, something that's legal, right? So, so living one's own life on one's own terms, you do what it is, you conceptualize that this is how I want to live my life, right? The, the three of you, 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 you would meet that definition of success because you're doing what you chose to do. You went to school for this. You study for this. You, you tested for this. You're living your life on your terms. Right. So I said to them, we want to help you to get from point A to point B. We'll spend four years doing it to the point where now we can cut the umbilical cord at graduation and you're ready to fly. Number two, what does it look like to be a young man in relationship to that to the young lady that's sitting next to you in class? We know that. There's there's competition in the world relative to pop culture, relative to society, relative to media, relative to music in terms of what a woman is. In our case, what a black woman, what a Latinx woman is. Right. So we said, let's have those conversations so that he understands that she is a queen in the truest sense of the word. 
right? Even when he came to us and said, well, what about if she's disrespecting herself? Then we'll have that conversation as well. But at the end of the day, I want him to see her as the queen that she was born to be. Number three, what does it look like to be a man, young man, in relationship to the, the into relationship to the father, the, the, no, the children that he may have one day. So in other words, his role as a father. Now we knew that they all weren't going to become fathers, but if you do, what does that father-son relationship look like? Let's start talking about that now while they're sitting here in school. Number four, what does it look like to be a man in relationship to his male peers, right? So when we talk about, you know, they, they see, they see black, black um black uh what's what's the word i'm looking for i'm trying to say black on black violence but i'm trying to say a difference as, as james m Tume would say a black to black violence right so here they saw it they could see it we you know everybody sees it but i want to change that i'm saying that's not your enemy so let's talk about how you resolve conflict with one another when it arises, if it arises. So what's it look like to be a man in relationship to his male peers? And then the last one, what's it look like to be a young man in relationship to his community? Are you an asset to your community or are you a liability to your community? See, So now you spending the whole time you're with us in that school, we're having this conversation, but it doesn't end there. When you become a senior, I'm holding you responsible for the freshman class. So when they come in as freshmen, you become the co-principal. We're teaching that. So now every top of the month, we coming together, my seniors and my freshmen or my eighth graders and my sixth graders or my fifth graders and, and say third grade when they feel that that's a great, a, a great level they're comfortable with talking to. Now we're going to have these conversations where I could sit down and watch. And now the seniors take over. Or we'll get on the school bus. I'll take about 25 seniors, just 25 random and go to elementary and middle schools. And then I'll ask the principal, give me your boys. And now we'll spend a whole half day talking to them within the framework. See, so it was very structured in terms of how we went about doing that. So, uh, Doc, real quick, I gotta say something real quick. Like, <laughs> like I, I need you to like and share this video, make sure you use the hashtag free PD. I just had to name that because y'all getting a heavy dose. We got the books out, you know. Uh, but yeah, make sure you like and share this video. Use the hashtag free PD. Doc, go ahead, brother. I, I, I need you to go a step further. I need you to tag somebody in the comments. There's somebody out there that need this right now. So mm -hmm. even if they don't watch it live, they need to go back and watch it later. Tag somebody in the comment, your friend, your colleague, your coworker, no matter, you know, first year or 50th year, they need what they're getting because, uh, Principal Cafele has put it on heavy today. So we appreciate you being here, sir. I want to kind of go back um, because there, there's that that adage. And, and I know uh, we talked about it. Dave had it in his intro a little bit ago that um, black men are worth more than just teaching PE and discipline. And that's one thing when I took over in my building as my APs. And I told my two APs who were in place when I got there, who were also up for the job that I got, that, you know, the one thing I want to change the culture of this building is I need people, APs, that are instructional leaders who do discipline, not disciplinarians who help with instruction, because those things aren't the same, yeah. you know. And that was a, that was a culture change for, for for them. And you know, one of them decided to go elsewhere, which I'm like, hey, go find your bliss somewhere else. So, but the thing that you you talked about it, I want to go back and highlight because, like I said, we want to make sure we hit some of these key points and keep them up front. And that was paradigm shifting for me, and I put that in the comments of the show was that we need to teach norms and values, not rules and consequences. Like for me, yeah. that was I mean. I, as a leader of a building, that's something I'm definitely going to go back to my team with as we roll out, roll into next school year. How does that new year start? With are we, are we teaching norms and values? Or are we teaching rules and consequences? If we're teaching rules and consequences, we're doing something wrong and we're highlighting the wrong thing. Because I feel right. like if we focus on the norms and values and focus on instruction, this one's going to take care of itself because a kid that's engaged, it's less likely to act out. That's where I am. So, I mean, you know, I, I say to educators all the time, I say, look, these schools were not built for us, the adults. They, they, they didn't have us in mind when they built these schools. They had children in mind when they built these schools. So so therefore, it's their home. It's their house. So when you come into the school, what do I look like telling you what you cannot do, what you can't, what you can and cannot do on the first day you get there? Now, I understand we need structure in the building. I get that. But I don't have to approach it as a rule. You know, that that because now you start it, it starts replicating 
say the juvenile detention facility, for example. I don't want to use that language. I don't want to use any deficit speech. Right. And that's including the language of at risk. I don't want to use that language. That's that's deficit speech that's rooted in deficit thinking, which creates a deficit culture that puts young people at a deficit. So we have to watch the language that we use with young people as well. Can you talk a little bit about you and ball headed on it? You know, his his um, AP and I, I believe it was episode 14 in the virtual uh, assistant principal academy, which we'll get to in a minute and talk about that. But you talked about that daily meeting. And there were some yeah. crucial four things that need to happen during that daily meeting. Um, can you can you just give people a little bit of that? that is that for me? Or is that for uh, Ball? That's that's for you, sir. I'm sorry, sorry. And then oh. also, it's for you, Principal. Because like also that daily meeting. And why is it important for administrators to plan daily and not weekly? <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, you know, I think about you know, I'm tying, I'm kind of tying that into the, the teacher lesson plan. And it's 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 the same thing, you know. It's that 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 weekly model is somewhat antiquated, because the mod because the lesson plan, if it's written on the weekend, it's outdated. Like if, if the first period class is at eight thirty, that that plan is obsolete by eight forty five, if not earlier. And then we're gonna use the same plan to get to Friday, right? So so in terms of that that assistant principal principal dialogue. It's daily because each day is different and each day presents its own unique challenges. So if 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 the if the AP and I have a conversation on Monday and then we don't talk anymore until midweek, end of the week, whatever it is, there's a whole lot that's transpired since we had that conversation. And we need we we, we need to have it on a regular basis. I mean, ideally, we'll have it twice, right? We'll have it to start the day, we'll have it to end the day. Right. But if that but but if that's just not feasible for a given school, for whatever the reason, then then at least we're having the conversation. And, and, and it's not just a brainstorming conversation, but 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 there's certain goals and objectives that we have for that school. There's certain strategic planning that we've engaged in for that school. So now we want to have that meeting to see where we are in that process. Right. So so that, so so that relationship with with the AP is so methodical. As 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 we're growing that school, as we're growing that staff. But when we're not talking. It has adverse implications for an entire building, entire building, when 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 that team is not talking, whether it be two people or more, it's got to be talking. If that team is in conflict with one another, whether it be principal AP or or or, or a larger team and there's conflict within that team. There, there are repercussions for that entire building. That team has to be one. And just as I said, in terms of the trust factor, that's got to stay in-house too. Even when there's conflict, that's got to stay in-house because as soon as the staff realizes that there's conflict on the team, it can be exploited. And we see that, right? So that's, so it's critical. But those conversations, but, but, but always understanding the difference between being the AP and the principal. Because see, on the road, I meet more APs than I can count who will say to me, I love the presentation, Principal Kefele, but I'm in a situation where I can't do half of what you said because the principal and I are not on the same page or they'll just go right out and condemn the principal. Right. And I'm saying what an unhealthy relationship that is that you have and how and, and, and how do children win? when you have that kind of conflict between the two of you. So it becomes incumbent upon the principal, first and foremost, you got to rectify that relationship. Now, now, now if, if there's a way that you could have that AP replaced, then fine, we're having a different conversation. But if that AP is going to be there, then you have, you have to find a way to correct that relationship because, it, because again, it has adverse implications, perhaps for an entire building. Man, that, that, that's it. So, Ball, you got the next one? Want me to take the next question? Go ahead. You got it. Okay. So, yes. I, I want to know how – I'm going to say this. So, I unfortunately – one of the mistakes I made was when I jumped from teacher to principal. So, not ever sitting in that APC. Mm -hmm. So, I had to learn the first couple years that dynamic. And so, that was important. But I want to ask this question. How can I build a teacher leadership team 
when I don't have an AP. So I've also been a principal with no AP and I've just had my teacher leadership team. So how can I build a teacher leader team when I don't have an AP um, in my building? Yeah, for, you know, first and foremost, I'll tell you that it's definitely doable because one of the things coming in for me as a new principal, a rookie principal back in the, um, the late 90s, I had a mindset that I had to be the smartest person in the building. Now, I don't mean that I literally sat here and thought I got to be the smartest person in the building, but that but it was reflected in my behavior. So I had to be the all knowing. I had to be the smartest one in the building. Um, I had to have my hands and feet in everything. Right. So I thought. So then as I as I grew, you know, with experience comes wisdom. So as I became wiser in the work, I came to the realization not only not only must I not try to be the smartest person in the building, but I am not the smartest person in the building. I have talented people on this staff. I have brilliant people on this staff who can run circles around me intellectually in various different genres. So the question became, why am I not tapping into these brilliant people? Right. So then there are my teacher leaders. There, there is my my circle of people that I can kind of pull from without them realizing ever that they're in the circle, right? But people that I can utilize their skills, their gifts. So let's use let's talk about the master schedule for a second. I remember those summers of haggling over master schedules, hating the entire process, right? And then I figured out, wait a minute, I got some people in this building who who who, who are mathematically inclined that could do this thing I, you know I, obviously i want the program to drive the schedule but who can do this thing in a way that i can't do it who could who could resolve this problem probably overnight in a way that's taken me an entire summer why am i not tapping into this human capital that i have in this school so now i'm building leaders by tapping into folks and using them and then when i find out or discover or learn that i've got folks in the building who aspire to become school leaders, then why am I not using them? I don't have to pay them because they want to be in this position. It's just a matter. And, and that's in a unionized district. That's just a matter of, of tapping into folks who are hungry in the building and in turn making leaders out of them. And that's what I did. You know, some of them were counselors, some of them were teachers, you know, various different positions, but they were certainly elevated as I needed them. So uh, we, we want to shout out everybody that's, that's watching live right now, either Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Uh, you got questions for Principal Kefele, some scenarios or whatever, please drop them in there. We're going to try to get as many as we can as possible. But I do want to jump to Miss Augustine had a question for you, Principal Kefele, um, and right. then anybody, uh, any of the other co-hosts that want to chime in. Uh, for a new AP, how could you give advice on leveraging your time to be an instructional leader over always having to deal with discipline situations? Yeah. See, that, that's that's definitely not something that you can do by yourself as an AP. You, you can't. That's, there has to be collaboration with the principal because within that conversation, you're talking about the fact that in, 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 in you, in you always, you're always using your people skills, right? Because you, because you never want to offend your principal to the point that, you, that your principal feels threatened by your presence, right? Or you're overstepping your boundaries. You never want to do that. So you always want to make sure that in talking to the principal, it is non-threatening, right? Because because ultimately, and the reason I say this so often is because ultimately, if you're not a career AP, when you're ready to make that transition into the principalship, you're going to need that principal to write that recommendation. And if you burn that bridge because you came at that principal incorrectly, then you may not have that recommendation, right? So you got it. So you, so you got to maintain people skills in dealing with the principal. So with that said, you, you got to have that conversation with the principal because that principal could very well be of a mindset, a mentality that the role of the assistant principal is discipline. See, when, when I was a, when I was an assistant principal, I was a full time disciplinarian. I was the, the teacher invent the teacher supply inventory clerk. I did cafeteria duty and bus duty. Instruction was not on the radar. Not because I didn't want to be that person. I wasn't allowed to be that person. So I was so so those were the four things that I did. But the superintendent knew my skill set because I was New Jersey State finalist for teacher of the year two years before. 
So he knew my skill set as, as, as an educator. So after that one year, he went on and made me the principal of that school. So I had no, no, no assistant principal experience because the things I had experience with were the things I would least need. Right. So like I knew I didn't know budgeting. I, I didn't I didn't know curriculum. I didn't know instructional leadership. I didn't do that. I, I suspended kids. That's what I did. Right. I put them in detention morning, lunch and after school. Right. That's what I did. I made sure they were on buses safely with their seatbelts buckled. Right. That's what I did. And I had a black cart and I pushed it around the building with 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 uh, white out and, and copy paper and all that other stuff and delivered it to the classrooms. Right. That's what I did. But they still made me the principal the next year. Right. So I'm saying here. That principal I had, that's that's all he knew. So he thought he was utilizing me correctly. So I knew he wasn't. So I'm saying to the AP that just asked me the question, you could have a principal that doesn't understand that. So you may have to be the one that educates the principal, but you got to do it using your people skills. You can't come at no principal, right? Especially when it's your boss, right? So now you talk to the principal about your ideas of how I can be utilized differently, but how we can transform the climate and culture of the school to that person. Let me ask you this question. I know we can't dialogue in this platform, but I just want you to put this in your head. What, how does the day begin at your school? See, see, when you talk about changing the culture of a school, let me tell you what, let me, let me tell you what anchored my, my shift in culture. Two things that happened before the day started. Number one, if you're my student, you will not enter the building without having a handshake from me or me having a handshake from you. And, 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 and if you're my student, I'm going to know your name. Right. I don't care how many students in the building. I'm going to know your name. I'm going to call you by your name. I'm going to let you know I'm glad to see you. So I'm starting before they even walked in. I'm up in Jersey. It gets cold up here. So if it's 20 degrees outside, 10 degrees outside, I'll just bundle up. But I'm going outside. And I'm going to greet you. This is not the time for email, right? I'm talking to that AP right now. This is not the time for me to read email. This is not the time for me to have parent conferences. So I had to train the parent. I do that at open house. Parents, I can't be trapped in my office with you at seven because I got to be outside shaking hands to prevent the need to have you in the school. So I got to be out there shaking hands. Now, my girls, they really don't want to shake. They will shake hands. They won't put their arm around my waist. So I turned to the side, held them back, right? It's out in the open. Everybody see it. It's all good, right? So now I'm, I'm building relationship. But also, hear me, AP out there. I'm, I'm, I'm positioning myself to the point where my presence matters. See, as leader, either as AP or principal, you have to matter. When I say presence, this with your mouth closed, just your presence, it's got to matter. And if your presence doesn't matter, then you being outside shaking hands doesn't mean a thing. But if your presence matters to the point that even teenagers, 17, 18, are looking forward to seeing the leader, that changes the inside of the building. But then that's number one. Number two, the morning message. I know you I know you brothers know sports. You show me a team. I don't care if we talk in Pop Warner. Show me a team where the where the team shows up at the at the stadium, at the park, whatever, and all the way up to collegiate and professional level. Show me the team that shows up with the uniform, puts on the uniform, and then walks out onto the field to compete. Show me that team. That team doesn't exist. And if it does exist, there's an issue with the coach. Because once the uniform is on, now the head coach, not the assistant coach, the head coach has the final say. There will be no instruction in any school that I lead until that school has heard my message for the morning. And I don't mean like you guys have a good day, we counting on you. I mean, I got some substance to say. So now I'll build in the time in my schedule, my, my master schedule, because I need some cafe lay time, right? So now they, in, you know, they do the morning announcements, that's on them, that's, that's my, my, my student crew, they do that. They do the school mission, which must be done, I might add. 
the school vision, which must be recited, I might add, with all the students standing up at attention, I might add. That's a whole different conversation. But we but we we we're not gonna do a school mission and the kids are sitting down. The school mission speaks to who we are. How are we gonna sit down on the school mission? Or or how am I gonna walk around the school and ask you what's the mission and you talking about? I don't know. Right. Or or the school vision. Where are we going? And then I walk around. What's the vision? Oh, I don't know. No, we ain't doing that. We, everybody's got to know that. So we stand at attention and recite it. So the students do all that stuff. Now, microphone, young one of the young people. And now we will have words from our leader, Principal Gafele. I might come on there with some Kurt Franklin or somebody first, some gospel, some 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 R&B with, with a message. And I let that play. I say, y'all get on your feet. And let's jam for a minute. So now I can hear the floors. You know, we up we up north. We, we, we you know, buildings go high. What well, they do in St. Louis, too. Right. So now I hear them. Now, once they now, now settle down, I got something to say, man, I'm bringing the thunder. Y'all y'all hear me? I'm bringing the lightning. Right. So I'm going to do that for about three to five minutes. Now. We ready to win the Super Bowl, the, the NBA Finals, the World Series, the heavyweight championship, because I because I brought some fire this morning. Right. So, see, the AP to ask the question, I don't I don't have no discipline issues now because we've set a found we've laid a foundation. We set a tone. For learning, for competing. Not with one another, but the competition out there. We ready, right? They fired up. And then tomorrow morning, 24 hours later, I'm getting ready to hit them with a new message. And I'm going to do that for 180 days. There will be no instruction until the leader has been heard. Damn. <laughs> I, Come I just on, want, man. Can, can I speak to that real quick? I mean, that is so much fire. So, so Principal Kafela, I actually heard a message. So last year was my first year as my building principal, and I heard your message about the, the morning announcements. And I'm like, Come on, that's not gonna make a difference, you know. Although I played sports growing up, I was a football coach and you know, did, did those things uh, as a young person, but I tell you what. That has made a huge difference. I mean, my my kids feel like they can come talk to me because they hear my voice on a daily basis. Right now, when we were being virtual, I did uh, video announcements and, and left them with, with some words of wisdom, some encouragement, something inspirational. And I tell you, I live in my community, so I see the kids in the, in the grocery store and things like that. They feel like they can come up to me because we have, you know, establish that rapport. Like they, they know who I am. They know I'm bringing it. They know I'm here for them. And, and I tell, I, I just want to let you know, I appreciate that so much because it made a difference in year one for me. I appreciate you telling me that because it, it, it works. It definitely works. Thank you. Doc, hey, real quick. I want to go ahead, go ahead, Doc, and then I'll go after right. you, man. So I just want to go back to, to the question because, and Principal Kefani talked about if you don't have that principle, because that's a collaborative thing. You can't just go out there and say, I'm going to do instruction and not do discipline if you don't have that principle working with you. But he, he made a good point to learn how to you know, coach up. You know, we do always talk about coaching now, but we, we, we talk about on this show all the time in our PD, how do we coach up? Because even in our positions, how do we coach up the district leadership if they're not going in the direction we try to take our school? So that's very important. And there's a book out there, Principal Fentley talks about it a lot. You know, a lot of people that, you know, in education, even though it fits in our thing, how to win friends and influence people. Oh, man. If you can get that book, if you can get that book, there's some stuff in that book that's going to really help you when you're trying to coach up to your principal, to your assistant superintendent, to your superintendent, to your director, whoever it may be. So that's what I wanted to add in there, uh, Dave. So two things. The first thing was the part about being present. And let me just say this. This speaks to, as Principal Cafele said, the APs, right? And I want to specifically talk about the APs who may not look like the makeup of their students. Because those would be the ones that are sit back in the back, especially if you're so if you have a predominantly black school and the AP is maybe white, but the principal's black, right? That AP will kind of hide in the back and let that principal be the face. But you said be a presence, yeah. not by words, but be a presence. Be out there at the street, outside, at the door, whatever it is, and make sure that you're shaking hands. I thought that was powerful for APs to understand. And for principals that you got to you got to put your APs in that position. So yeah. while you on the street and, it, and I'm talking to myself now because I'm on the street, my APs got to be with me on the street. 
So we on the street right now, shaking hands. We're not doing, I'm not giving lesson plan feedback. I'm not checking emails that you said. I'm not making pair phone calls. I'm at the street. So that whole leadership team needs to be at the street. And I just thought that was absolutely powerful because yeah. I think too many times they sit back in the back and just wait on that principle. And the last thing real quick was the mic drop at the end. I, I said that because no instruction starts till they hear my voice. Yeah. They got I don't even want to go to sleep tonight. I just want to go sit in my school and wait till my kids come back. Because yeah. tomorrow, I, I, that needs to happen. Straight up. Like, nobody does nothing until I speak. That's right? Crazy. And it's not an ego thing. No. It's just that as the leader, you got to hear my voice and I got to have a message. And I just, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, you think and, about and that you. is key. Go ahead, Prince. Yeah. No, no. I was going to say, you, think, you think, think, about, think about just any team, particularly on the professional collegiate high school level, and they, they just walk out and start playing. But yet at the school, the principal may not have that voice. Got to have that voice. Right. So it's, it's, it's just absolutely critical before we get started. And, 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 and see, going back to that word culture, it's building a culture of anticipation where, the, again, the leader matters to the extent that the young people are looking forward to hearing those words. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing now in 2021 when them former students from back in the 90s, the 2000s, they hit me up on social media and they still talking about that. Right. When it's you know, when 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 these tragic events happen in the street, for example, uh, in the world, for example, such as George Floyd, eight minutes, 46 seconds, Rihanna Taylor, et cetera. Right. It's it's see the way I led when those events, when, when those tragedies happen, the students knew because of the culture, the building and understanding this leader the next day. We'll be in the gym. Right. We we're, we're, we're going to be face to face on that one. And we're going to have a family discussion on what happened. So it, it was an amazing thing when 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 these tragedies occur, that several, that several students will hit me up on social media and say things like, I know we would be in the gym tomorrow. Principal Cafele. Right. Or say or, or, or even say things like Principal Cafele, like they were young. then. now they now they're adults with their own families. Cafele, Mr. Cafele. You were putting your career on the line for us. We didn't understand that. I'm like, yeah, y'all was supposed to be in math, right? Language arts. And we in the gym talking about racism, talking about social justice issues with my staff present, right? I mean, the, these were not necessarily things that people would see. Now the world has shifted and people are very comfortable with being outspoken. But see, this was the way I led back in them days when people weren't talking about social justice education, right? So, because because we're we're talking now late '90s throughout the 2000s up until I left in 2011, and this was just my norm, right? This 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 is it was it was all I knew because because I'm rooted in African American history, so 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 it was just a natural progression that we're going to talk about these issues whether it be as a school, whether it be just me and my guys, whatever the case may be. But this but it became a culture where they expected it from me. And see, that's 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 when, you know, things are working, because now there's expectation that we're there's anticipation that we're going to do X, Y and Z, because this is the culture that we're in. Man, uh I can't believe this hour done flew by already that quick. <laughs> so uh, we, we definitely, you know, had a lot more we want to discuss, but we want to respect your time, Principal Pele. So the last thing I would like for you to talk about, and uh, just to kind of remind the people, you know, this is the Engage podcast, formerly known as the AOS podcast. So we've been doing this now since June. The last three episodes have been heavy, heavy hitters. Dr. Beatley, Dr. Hemphill, and now Principal Kefele. So Every two weeks, we hear Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, offering free PD, giving you tools that you can take back and use tomorrow in your building, no matter if you're a teacher, instructor, or a principal. So make sure you tune in every two weeks to check us out. But Principal, can you just wrap up today's show, talking a little bit about your virtual AP Academy? That's, I believe, like in week 47 now, 48, somewhere around there. If you could talk a little bit about that and give the people the information on where they can get, you know, get tuned in to that piece. And then leave us, you know, with your closing thoughts. And then after he wraps it up, the show uh, host will uh, wrap it up. We'll start with you, Dave Ball, and then I'll take us out. So, Principal Kefalan. Yeah, that, um, you know, I wrote a, um, a blog about um, about a year ago uh, called 
the assistant principalship, the most misunderstood and underutilized position in education. And of the 50 some odd blogs I'd written over the years, that was the one that went viral. So I said, well, if that if that um, blog post went viral, it resonated with a lot of people, a zillion comments, all that kind of stuff. I said, let me turn this into a book and hence the assistant principal 50 right here. So then I said, man, the book's outselling. And this this was my 11th book and it was out. It outsold every book that I've ever written. So I said, OK, this assistant principal thing is resonating. I need to get on 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 these these virtual platforms, Facebook Live, Twitter Live, YouTube Live and, and so forth and, and talk to assistant principals every Saturday. So it was meant to be 18 weeks in the midst of a pandemic. You know, we're all home. So let me just come on and talk for about 30 minutes. Well, I'm not good with 30 minutes. So it became an hour and change. Right. So. So then after the 18 weeks was up and I'm like, man, I got so much more I want to say to these folks. And the audience has grown exponentially. Let me keep it going. Let me just go to 55 weeks. So now we're in week 47. Um, a lot of those broadcasts have been two hours just as of late. The February ones all were because it was dealing with Black History Month and social justice and all that. January 6th, all that kind of stuff. So but 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 I'm going to keep it going beyond the 55. But I'm going to infuse the um, the equity and social justice 50 into it when that book comes out in May. So 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 what it is, I just those of you out there in administration, not just the APs, but even principals, because it's, it's giving you insight on how to utilize your assistant principal superintendents who could be watching. It's giving you insight on how what should be happening in that building between that principal and that assistant principal. And then those aspiring folks. Right. Join me every uh, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock Eastern. Again, 11 o'clock Eastern. Refresh your computer. Nothing to sign up for. Nothing to register for. Just go to my Facebook page at Principal Cafele. Go to my Twitter page at Principal Cafele, one word. Go to my YouTube channel at, at uh, Virtual AP Leadership Academy and subscribe to it while you're there. Or go to my Facebook page, Virtual AP Leadership Academy, and like and follow that while you're there. So you got all, all four platforms. I'm live on there every Saturday morning at 11. And we're just talking about the AP. We talked about interviewing for, for, the, for the principalship for the past two weeks. And uh, this week, I think I'm going to talk about the virtual interview because a lot of people get tripped up with that. So um, and then we get back to the content from the book. So that's what it is. Join me at 11 Eastern. In fact, join me at 1055 Eastern because I do shout outs for five minutes. And um, and then we get rocking at 11 o'clock. I told you all man, that the hashtag was for real. I tried yeah. to I tried, I tried to tell folks. <laughs> Hashtag free PD. I, listen, when we first launched this, this was not the direction. But as Doc said, like things evolve and Ball said it. Like we we formed, we found our niche, and we sticking with it, right? And that's why we went to the Engage uh, podcast, educators networking, growing, and guiding enrichment. Hashtag free PD. And so this was another example of, uh, of free PD. And so I'm appreciative. I know as as a principal. Um, I was sitting here thinking like, these are things I need to get better at. This is things I need to do. And so this ain't just for you all. This is for us too. So even if y'all don't get it, best believe we come on here and getting it for ourselves. But we hope that you're getting it. We hope that you like and share the video. And so I close by this. My shirt said it's best. Black women are perfect. And I just want to celebrate black women because it is Women's History Month. And I have a black mother and a black sister and a black daughter and a soon-to-be black soulmate and life partner as soon as I find her. But I'm single in case anybody wants to know. But uh, thank you again for coming out here. Uh, I appreciate it. That's all I got today. Hashtag free PD. I'm done. Appreciate it. Oh, the way to, to finish it up, Dave. All right. So I, I just want to have one closing thought. You know, as always, I'm very appreciative to be part of this family. We appreciate everyone that tunes in on a biweekly basis. Again, like, share, subscribe to our YouTube and all of those things. But one of the big takeaways for me, no matter what your role is, make sure your presence matters. Whether you are uh, consider yourself a school leader or not, if you have a presence anywhere, make sure that your presence matters. And uh, and that's my closing thought. Appreciate you, Dr. Kefele, for your brother Kefele, Principal Kefele, for joining us today. Appreciate you, Barry. Thank you. Uh, first of all, first and foremost, thank you so much, Principal Kefele, for coming on. Um, like I said, uh, when we first launched this show back in June, 
you was you was definitely one of the people we like, man, we can get principal Caffelli on. We we done moved to another realm. So we, we appreciate you coming on and gracing us with your presence. Uh I feel like we done moved into the big leagues now. Um couple of things, I have just a couple of things on my, my closing. First, I want to shout out to my team. Um, like I said, I've, I've been you know dealing with some stuff, but I want to shout out my co-host David, our producer, Uncle Ray, and Dr. Wilson, who checked in on me over the last couple of weeks when I was dealing with some stuff. Uh, appreciate the love. Like I said, you know, we all about making sure people get their roses while they're still here. So I appreciate that. And then I want to tell people, like I said, in the beginning, in the, uh, when I introduced Principal Kefele, like the, the work that he's doing, it works. Like I said, I, I went and watched his video, what things to consider for the principal's interview and landed two offers. One is the job I'm sitting in right now that has truly you know, changed the trajectory of my career to the point where when I left that interview, when I got the job that following fall, I talked to three of my teachers who were on the interview panel um, when I interviewed and I was the first of four people that interviewed for the position. And they said, well, Dr. Smith, after you got done, we asked, do we got to interview the other three people? You know, and all that came from listening to Principal Kefele and following his advice. So this is what I'm going to do, because, like I said, he he truly helped me get the job I have. So for the first people to hit me up on Twitter, Dr. VS, I got three copies of the Aspiring Principals 50. I have three copies of the Aspiring Assistant Principals 50 and three copies of the Principals 50. The first people to hit me up on Twitter for those, I'm going to send them your way. So hit me up. I'm going to get those books to you. Principal Kefele, thank you so much for coming on. We truly appreciate, appreciate your time. So. Three of you. And like I said, if you want the books, hit me up on Twitter at Dr. V Smith and I'll get you those books. That's all we got tonight. We catch on two weeks with some more free PD. We out. We out. Peace. Go mob. Hashtag it. Black women.